Hey everyone, welcome to Rereading, a podcast for reconnecting with your authentic self and learning how to own your brand of weird. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Rereading. My name is Chelsea and I'll be your host. Today's episode is all about the introductions. I'll be setting the stage for what this podcast is all about and then sharing my eight top tips for setting and defining goals. At the very end, I'll even include my favorite exercise to help get those creative juices flowing when you want to create your own goals. I run Raisa Coaching. It's a business through Instagram that is all about helping people connect to their authentic self, follow their whims, and own their weird. This is because I firmly believe that the weird, quirky bits of ourselves and our flaws deserve just as much love and attention as the more serious, mature parts of ourselves. It can be easy to fall into the idea that we must be perfect. We must conceal what we're really thinking or feeling. We must be productive and not let it show when we're tired. And we have to work hard before we can play hard. I'm sure we've all heard that a time or two in our life. I like to poke at that a lot because rest and play are just as important, if not more so, than working hard. It's kind of like taking rest days or active resting days when you work out a lot, right? Your muscles, including your brain, need time to heal and regroup. Rest and play is how we do that. And letting all the parts of ourselves take a turn helps us walk the path of being our authentic selves. The theory of own your weird and follow your whims is actually related to the name of this podcast. I had jokingly suggested to a friend that I should start a podcast after doing an impromptu coaching session with her. She was responding really positively to everything I was saying, and it just seemed like she was taking a lot of notes. So I was like, hey, I should start a podcast. And she said, actually, you should. And the idea quickly grew from there. Within a day, I contacted a friend of mine and said, so I think I'm doing a podcast, but I don't know what to call it. Her creative writer brain quickly offered several ideas, and it was a toss-up between whimsy and weird, and what I finally settled on, reweirding. She thought of this because of the concept of rewilding, where we get back to that like wilder part of ourselves, or we rewild the areas around our home to allow nature to do its thing. My philosophy of getting back to our weird and quirky roots sounded similar enough that she suggested reweirding as the podcast title. And she was right, because getting back to our weird and quirky roots is very similar to that concept of allowing nature to do its thing. Nature doesn't hold itself back because people feel weird about it or society tells nature that it should not grow a tree in the direction the tree is growing. Our ability to own who we are and be who we are without worrying about all that extra stuff is reweirding. It's getting back to our our authentic selves, the people we were before we became, before we were taught that we needed to hide and keep those parts of ourselves quiet. Now, I'm a huge believer as a coach in modeling what I teach. So because a big part of that is owning our flaws and our quirks, that means that this podcast is going to be recorded in segments. Those segments are not edited to remove filter words uh, or filler words, stutters, if I clear my throat, if I mess up my words and correct myself, or if I wander off topic briefly. It was important to me that as I started this journey, I represent what I'm teaching. Those moments where I pause, I get a little lost or off track, stutter, clear my throat, are genuinely me. I'm a very hyperactive, busy-brained person, and I tend to talk fast so fast that sometimes I stumble over my words or I kind of forget where I was going with it. I wanted to leave those realities in the podcast as much as I could to represent the reality that is me. Because if I'm going to give, tell you guys to give yourselves permission to own your weird and accept your flaws, I need to do the same. 
That isn't to say that I won't record if, say, my voice gets really raspy or I get too far off track, because I will. If I find that I've wandered so far off track that several minutes have gone by and I haven't gotten back on topic, I will stop the recording and re-record. I'm not going to splice it and try to get back on track that way, because that's just not how my brain works. I'll re-record what I've got. But ultimately, what airs is the podcast, as recorded in segments, done straight through without all the extra splicing and stuff like that. Also, I don't really know how to do that. So it kind of works that I wanted to be authentic in how I do this. That all said, this podcast is a space I've created with the intention of being able to share material on a much broader level. I absolutely enjoy doing one-on-one and group coaching, but I also find that I enjoy sharing and helping just as much. I like to help people flip their perspectives and provide information in a way that People can take what they want and, well, leave the rest. While I share a lot of free content over on my Instagram, a podcast genuinely made sense as a new space to provide that extra level of connection. I've decided that this podcast will operate in seasons with a break before the new one airs. This is to give me time to connect with what I'd like to build into next without running the risk of burning myself out about having to always produce more and more content. I intend to cover a lot of ground in this podcast, covering things like why I use the phrase, own your weird and follow your whims, ways we can grow through conflict, how to be authentic with ourselves and with others, how to fill our cups and what that even means, and so much more. Some of this might feel very foundation forming, and that's completely okay, because it really kind of is. I do intend to bring on guests, and I'm always open to feedback on what you'd like to hear me riff on next. I'm big on learning how to not judge ourselves and be present, so you're probably going to find that as a constant theme throughout this podcast in every season. This is because, for me, I have found that these things seem to be at the root of so many other things. Learning to build self-trust and follow through with goals are also extremely important things, which is why I'm starting my podcast with an episode all about setting and defining goals that are manageable, because it is so easy to create goals like reaching the moon, or like I did when I was a little kid and I decided I was going to grow six foot tall and made it to 5'5", without any idea of how we want to do it or how to make sure it's a realistic, manageable goal for us. Defining goals like that has always been a struggle for me. I don't like strict outlines, just ask my friends, but I also know I need steadfast deadlines in order to be successful. If I don't have a deadline, I'm so much more likely to procrastinate on whatever it is that I want until it's done and over with, or I've moved on to the next big thing. But it's hard to define a deadline if I don't know how to define the goal. This led to me going over all the goal-setting education I've gotten through my career and establishing eight primary steps for myself on how to set and define manageable goals. And again, that keyword is manageable. We want to aim for whatever we desire, but also we want to acknowledge the space we're in and make sure we're establishing timelines and stepping stones that can help us actually follow through. Otherwise, we're just as likely to create this incredible goal and find ourselves leaving it once the motivation falters. So let's get into it. My eight tips for setting and defining manageable goals. So step one, define that goal. Sounds really simple, but there's a lot that goes into it. When it comes to setting goals, we want to make sure that we're defining it as specifically as we can. So if the only thing that comes to mind are simple goals like, I will start a podcast, I will get a car, I'll get a job, I will be fit and healthy, or I will buy a house, that leaves a lot up to the imagination. 
It can make it difficult to attain the goal when we set huge parameters like that that are very vague. So let's narrow those goals down and define the goal clearly. Using the examples that I mentioned, that might mean that I define, I will start a podcast for my coaching business about helping people learn how to connect to their authentic selves and own their weird. See how much more specific that is and how it's easier to start developing those stepping stones to get to that goal? Another example might be, I will get fit by looking at what my health goals are and working to accomplish those things, such as eating regularly, a stepping stone, watching my portion sizes, another stepping stone, etc. Or maybe we just say, I will learn how to enjoy the food I eat and indulge when a craving hits just enough to satisfy that craving instead of feeling like food is something I must eat and indulging is bad. And this is because, especially when it comes to health goals, we want to be considerate of what's actually going on with us. Because let's be real, we all have different health goals. My definition of healthy is likely not the same as your version and vice versa. Some of us want to lose weight, some of us want to gain weight, some of us want to get some muscles, some of us want to get a little extra cushion, some are wanting to train for specific purposes, and some of us just want to be able to keep up with our kids, because I swear, between the ages of like two and four, they are the fastest creatures on the planet. Whatever your health goals are, it's important that you're defining them based on your standards. Not mine, not anybody else's. If you have a health concern that makes identifying a fitness goal important or a health goal important, please work with your provider to define those goals. And a provider doesn't just have to be a doctor or a PA. It could be any healthcare provider, whether it's holistic, whether it's a coach that you trust and value, somebody that you are willing to sit down and really look at what are your goals, what are your needs, and how do you want to get there, okay? When we say we want to get a car, a job, or a house, we want to make sure that we're very specific. For example, do I just want just any car, any job, any house? Probably not. I know what I like, what I want, and what I can actually live with in the end. So I want to make sure that I address those things when I actually set my goals. For me, if I'm setting the goal of buying a house, I would probably define it as, I want a house with three bedrooms. This is because I have a stepson, and obviously I do some work from home, and well, my husband and I need a room too. A large enough yard for a fence for my dog, because she will run and sit outside for 15 hours staring at the house and refuse to come in. I also want to make sure I have enough space for a large garden and a chicken coop. This is because I would like to be able to have chickens. My stepson loves to chase them. Um, and having homegrown eggs is always nice, as is having homegrown chicken, to be honest. Um, hopefully that doesn't offend any potential vegetarian or vegan listeners, but it's true. The food that you grow at home does have a different taste partially because you worked for it and partially because you know exactly what you're putting into everything that goes into the development of that food. Um, and I like a garden because one, I like to grow my own food. Two, it makes my stepson so happy. So I would be very specific in how I define that goal. Your version of what your house goals are, probably different. It could be simply that you want shelter of some kind. It could be that you just need a simple tiny house because that's what works best for you Again, look at what you truly need and then define the goal around that. Step two, define your why. Do you notice a running theme? Part of defining our goal specifically is to really tune into what we want, kind of like I started explaining as I went over those examples. This is really important because when you know the why, 
it's easier to look at that motivation and how you're going to actually follow through with those goals. So we look at why is this goal important to me? And it doesn't have to be a serious why. It can be whatever your why is. Your reason is your own. It's not going to be the same as anybody else's. And you don't even have to really share it with anybody else if you don't want to. So if we look back at that podcast example, I can honestly tell you this goal was important, not for any serious valid reasons. Um, it was important important to me because it was a whim that I had. Friends gave me really positive feedback. Um and I just decided to run with it because it sounded interesting. It kind of appeased my hyperactive, busy brain. Some might look at that and go, yeah, that's like really not a wise goal. That's just a you want to have fun goal. And guess what? Sometimes that's the point. We have to make time for play and things that are fun or interesting to us, not just goals that revolve around our needs. This is because, again, we want balance in our life. Rest and play are just as important as work. When you're defining your why, make sure to look at all those reasons that make the goal important to you. Really take that time for yourself and identify like, this is what I want and here's why I want it. This is what this means to me if I accomplish this. This is because when you know why that goal is so important to you, it's easier to find the motivation and subsequently the discipline to push through and complete the goal. If we're doing it just because or because so-and-so told us, we're more likely to find every reason not to do it. For example, if a friend had been like, you should do a podcast, I'd probably be like, hmm, no. Or if somebody were to tell me I should be doing homework right now, not report recording a podcast, I'd probably be doing exactly what I'm doing right now and not doing homework. Um, <laughs> because again, I it's down to our motivation. It's down to our why, okay? So step three. And I've kind of mentioned this one already. It's the stepping stones. These are the building blocks that allow us to build into the goal. So now that we know what we want to accomplish and why, let's start breaking it down. What are the things that we need to do to get there? These can be very small things like schedule time to do the thing or connect to a support network for motivation. It can be things like do research, get pre-approved for a loan, test drive a car, or walk through a home to see if you might want it. We might even identify stepping stones like talk it over with the partner to see what their thoughts are, if the goal includes them, or review our budget to see if it's affordable right now, or research ways to not do an announcer voice when giving examples. That could be a thing. And if not, we want to look at how we can build into those goals. So if it's not affordable, if I don't know how to not do a weird voice when I'm giving examples, I want to look at what are the steps I can do to accomplish those things. So maybe we have stepping stones for the stepping stones. Stepping stones are important because they help us make a goal more manageable. It's like the roadmap to your destination or the foundation to the house before you build it. Without them, we often make it up as we go, which can make it a lot harder to follow through because we kind of just wander from here to there kind of sort of in the direction of our goal, but not always feeling like we're really pushing for it or accomplishing anything productive or um, worth really like acknowledging as I did the thing. So an important thing to keep in mind, because I know some people don't like to-do lists, some people don't do well with large outlines. If those sorts of things are difficult for you to navigate, they induce anxiety for you, or if you know your brain and know that that is like a no-go for you, 
then break it down into smaller task lists or look at ways to do, build stepping stones that work for your brain. Okay. Again, I'm going to encourage you constantly throughout the season of the podcast. Look at what works for you and do that. If it's not working for you, look at ways that you can modify or adjust or pivot, but do what works for you because you know yourself better than anyone. So step four, this actually gets incorporated into every other step that we've talked about. Timeframes. When establishing a realistic time frame for goal completion, I invite you to take a look at your stepping stones and what your goal is. So the why is important for the motivation, but it's not as important for setting up the timeframes, okay? Um, we want to look at how long it will take to complete each component of the goal or to reach it without overworking ourselves. So if I look at, I will just keep going back to the podcast example because it's very low fruit right now. Um, if I look at that and I say, oh, I want to research how to not do this weird voice I do when I'm giving you examples, um, then I would need to make sure that I supply myself the time to do that or accept the fact that I might not actually accomplish that before the next time I record. Um, if it's, I need to learn how to use the Anchor app, which is what I'm using to record this episode, uh, then I want to make sure that I'm setting time for myself to be able to do that, to truly get down, look at FAQs, pull up reviews, do whatever it is I need to do to feel confident in my usage of it, or I can do it the very chaotic way that I normally do, which is I set myself a time frame for I will be recording the first episode by this date and then all the stepping stones have to be done before I do that thing. I don't recommend this for everybody, but it does seem to mostly work out for me probably 70 to 80% of the time. Another example could be if I define a goal related to gaining muscle definition and then I say my time frame is in three weeks. Uh, well, we might be able to say that I gained some muscle because obviously I would be a little bit stronger if I were to be building up the weight incre um, with increments over time, but I would definitely not have muscle definition within that time frame unless I was already at a weight that that was possible. I can honestly tell you where I'm sitting right now, that is not a plausible goal for me. The same could be said with purchasing a home, Right. If I say, um, I will be a homeowner by next weekend, but I haven't gotten pre-approved, I haven't done any house shopping, I haven't talked to a realtor, I'm basically setting myself up to fail, which is not what we want to do. Therefore, we want to take an honest look at what we can accomplish and how long it's actually going to take us to do that thing. Step five is probably my favorite step along this process. We celebrate along the way. Yes, you heard that right. We should always celebrate our accomplishments, regardless if we think that they're big or small. If we have accomplished something, it's worth recognizing and honoring that thing. And honestly, if we need to pivot or step back in order to figure out what to do next, being able to recognize that and accept that we need to do that is also worth recognizing and honoring as well. Celebrating our accomplishments doesn't have to be a really big thing, although it certainly can be. It could be as simple as you decide to take a moment to reflect and go, heck yeah, I did the thing. Maybe you post to social what you accomplished, brag to a friend, text a family member, be like, I did it. Treat yourself to a favorite snack, a dessert, or a meal if that's your thing, or you invite a friend to take along. If it's a really big goal, maybe you even throw yourself a little party to really take it all in. Maybe you just write a journal entry saying, 
oh my goodness journal, I I did it. Like I actually accomplished this thing. I'm proud of myself. All that self-talk, all those affirmations that we kind of neglect because we don't always take that moment, that pause for self-reflection to really honor what we've accomplished so far because we have all accomplished so much. Another thing that we could decide is after all of the hard work that we've done to get to the step that we're at, all we really want to do to celebrate is, well, rest or go play, do something fun. These things allow us to recharge, connect with ourselves and others on a different level while still honoring the work that we've done to get to where we are in this moment. Okay? These are all really big, important things. And step six might be one of the hardest steps. It's ask for help when you need it. It's really easy to get fall into that trap of, I can't ask for help, or I should be able to do this, or I should know better, things like that. And while celebrating is really important, it's equally vital that when we find ourselves overwhelmed, upset, frustrated, unmotivated, or stuck on a goal, that we reach out and we ask for help. This could include a trusted friend or a family member, a coach, reviewing content or books that help you figure out your next step or make you feel more motivated or a little bit better about where you're at, talking to a therapist, a medical provider, connecting to a support network that's working to accomplish a similar goal to you, or any number of things that I haven't thought of yet as I was talking. I know it can be really scary to ask for help because it means that we have to admit to ourselves and to other people that we don't have all the answers and we're really vulnerable when we ask for help because they could say no. But the strength and the courage it takes to say, I can't, I need help, is remarkable, and practicing it makes it easier. So if along your journey you find that you need help, don't hesitate to reach out. Look for ways that you can connect to resources internally and externally to seek the help that you need to get where you want to go. Step seven, don't be afraid to reassess periodically. This is probably... Definitely one of my favorite steps because I am constantly assessing things, deciding if I need to make a change or not. Um, I don't know if other people do that. I know I definitely do. Sometimes we set up a goal and we realize later we no longer want it. We need more time than we thought. We need more help than we anticipated, or it's just not really our mojo anymore. And that's what makes this one so much fun for me because when this happens, it's a really good time to reassess what's working, what isn't working. When we can define what is and isn't working, it lets us take that step back and determine what our next move is. And sometimes we just need that shakeup to help us get where we want to go. Because just because I think I have to go A to B doesn't mean I do. Maybe I need to go A to C first to get to B. Which leads us right into step number eight. Make changes and pivot when you need to because life changes and our goals do too. Just because we wanted it last year or yesterday doesn't mean we still need to want it today. Sometimes we need to make changes. It could be a small pivot. It could be a complete remodel of the goal. Or we toss out the original goal and we establish a new one in an entirely different direction because it's up to us. It's our life and we get to pick where we're going and how we get there. When we identify that something isn't working, we can always make changes because our life is constantly evolving, and as it happens, our goals will evolve too, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong in identifying this is no longer for me, working with what I have to give, or it's no longer what I want. It's actually very powerful to be able to recognize and own what is ours and release what we no longer want to keep. 
a final note on setting goals is that it's really important to remember that motivation is what gets us started, but discipline is what keeps us going. What that means is as we follow through with each stepping stone toward our goal, committing ourselves to being honest and following through, that builds discipline. So those days where you're like, ah, I really don't want to do this. I know I should, but I don't want to. And you do it anyway. That's called discipline. With discipline, even when we really don't feel like doing what we need to do, whether it's work, rest, or even play, we follow through and still get done what we have the space for. This doesn't mean that if I am really, really sick and really, really sore, but my goal is I will work out, I don't know, four days a week, that I have to still go work out, right? I have to take into consideration where I'm at, what I have the space for, and then I get done what I can. So maybe I shift that goal. Maybe, okay, I can't go to the gym when I'm sick, but I could drink extra water. I could get extra rest because that's what my body needs. And maybe I do some light movement or some good brain workouts while I'm recovering. It allows me to still kind of do the thing without really doing it, okay? Because discipline should never override a genuine need for rest from working toward a goal. If everything in your mind, body, and spirit is screaming, rest today, then rest. If it's screaming you need a day to play or connect, then play or connect. Maybe we make a smaller shift or a goal for that day, kind of like I was describing, or we set it aside for the day. Because if you just don't have the mojo, it's okay to go, I don't have it, okay? It's entirely up to us because it's our goal. It's our life. It's our journey. The key thing to remember is that motivation begets the discipline begets the motivation. And the reason discipline begets motivation is because sometimes when you do the thing where you're like, yeah, I could, but I don't want to, and then you do it anyway, partway through that task, you find yourself motivated to see it through to the end. The more you follow through, the more likely you are to see the changes come to fruition. This is what then begets the motivation. I hope all of these eight steps make sense to you. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. You can, I think, leave a comment for me on this podcast or you can hit me up over on my Instagram and let me know. I do have a post specifically about this podcast over there um, that you can go and leave questions and I'll take the time to answer those as best as I can. So I hope that this has been helpful for you and that you will leave this podcast feeling more confident in defining manageable goals for yourself. Up next is the exercise that I promised you, which is something that you will need a timer, a pen, pencil, and paper, or the notes app or a computer um, where you can take notes uh, to practice. All right. If you would like to do this practice while you listen, I hope that brief interlude was enough time to get ready. And if you don't want to do this practice while you listen, I hope you enjoyed the brief interlude. A quick note though before we begin, because this exercise requires the use of a timer for two minutes, I will explain that exercise to you and I will invite you to set a timer for yourself at the end of the episode rather than making you listen to two minutes of dead air with me because I realized as I said about recording the podcast that I don't actually know how to add music in the middle of an episode. If you know how to do something like that and you think it would be helpful, please feel free to reach out to me and let me know um, because I have no idea. So before we begin, I want you to take a few deep breaths with me. Well, I'd like to invite you to take a few deep breaths with me. Obviously, you don't have to. It's just an easy way to find our center and be present in the moment before we do the exercise. 
And if you would like to do this later on, then again, just remember to stop. Take that moment for yourself. Take three good deep breaths at least, and then set the timer and do the exercise, okay? So as we get ready to begin, we're going to come to a comfortable seated position. We're going to breathe in through the nose, allowing the breath to travel all the way down, expanding the ribs outward in a full breath. At the height of the breath, we pause briefly before exhaling slowly through the mouth. Again, we inhale, full expanding our belly and our chest, pausing and allowing yourself to finish the breath before exhaling once more, slowly allowing the belly and the chest to deflate. We inhale one more time through the nose before exhaling one more time slowly. I invite you to take a moment and consider for yourself what your perfect day without barriers might look like. We might also consider if our self of five years in the future were here right now, what goals would they tell us that we had accomplished? The key thing here is these are goals that the constraints of time or money did not hinder. They are things that we truly desire to pursue. We might take into consideration genuine limitations we have. For example, if I want to be a race car driver, but I'm super tall, perhaps I look at another way to access a goal that meets why I want that goal. Or if I want to be a pilot, but I get airsick, maybe I look at why I want that goal and what are other ways that I can accomplish it. There are always genuine barriers that we have no control over and we may not be able to overcome. It's okay in this practice to acknowledge their existence while also holding space for the fact that it doesn't mean we have to stop dreaming. It might mean we pursue different goals or we pursue them differently than we might have if we didn't have those barriers, and that's all okay. But we do want to take the time to define what those goals are and what that we would accomplish if the other barriers that we can control, that we can have impact over, or that others in our life could maybe help us have impact over, did not exist. As you write, make sure that you write exactly what you want. Notice the judgmental thoughts of, oh, I could never, or ah, that's impossible for me right now. Let them continue on their way. Focus on what you want to accomplish. When your two minutes are up, take a moment to reflect on what you defined for yourself. Then, Use the eight steps identified in this podcast to create your action plan. Now, if you aren't sure where to go from here, reach out to a trusted friend or family member, or if you feel like you need a coach or a professional to help you with it, reach out to those people. Look for somebody that's taking on clients that can help you. Look for ways to connect to content that can help you build from here. I will say, while I am a coach, and if I have openings and you would like to work with me, I invite you to reach out. I'm also not the only coach that can help you achieve your goals. So if that is the route that you choose to go, look for somebody that inspires you, you feel connected to, and that you feel can help you the best. You're welcome to take the work that you've done with this exercise to them and build from there. Because what's important is this exercise is designed to help you define if those barriers didn't exist and you weren't being held back by them, what could you accomplish? Because you can accomplish 
so much more than you might be giving yourself credit for. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, don't hesitate to share with a friend, save for later, or leave me a review. If you would like more content like this, you can find me over on Instagram at raisa.coaching. That's R-E-I-S-E dot coaching.